0: I have to say before we get going that this award-winning podcast is all about online dating. And sometimes we do delve into a few saucy topics that can include sex and we can sometimes be pretty frank and graphic in our discussion about that. And we will also potentially have a few naughty words creeping in. So I just need to let you all know that maybe this podcast isn't for everyone. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello to all the am um, fam, all the Accidentally MILF family, here we are again. Once more, this is Accidentally MILF online dating adventures after 50 with me, Angel Bliss. And I have a very special guest here again. It is, of course, the amazing Johnny Tootie's. <laughs> We also, as usual, we've got the amazing, wonderfully, lusciously long-locked Richard here. (laughs) (laughs) And we also, once more, have pearls of wisdom from time to time from the very inspirational Freddie. That's a big cheer. Just a little recap that these adventures all began when my marriage broke up with my husband after I found him cheating on me. Very shortly after that, my friend signed me up on a dating website just for a bit of fun. (laughs) We had no idea how much fun I was about to have when, unbeknownst to me, I discovered that older women or women of a certain age seem to be very... um, should I say desired by all manner of younger men in the online dating community I was pretty chubby and had a fair few wrinkles but even so I was pretty astounded by the men I was able to attract it seemed I'd accidentally become what's referred to in the common parlance as a MILF if you don't know what it means by now please go and ask Jeeves if he's still alive I had so many matches with so many gorgeous men who all happened to be around 20 years younger than me. So instead of going, no, 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 that's very age inappropriate. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna meet a few of these guys. I'm gonna investigate the concept of unconventional dating. And so the adventures began and oh my goodness, I have had so many amazing adventures through this journey. I also made a tonne of humiliating and rookie mistakes that I do actually feel compelled to share with you so that you don't have to make them too. I want to show you that if you can avoid the pitfalls that I fell into, going on dates can be life enriching and really actually quite good fun. I'm going to tell you about one of them tonight, which really stands out as, I said to him actually on the day, I said, I will never forget this day as long as I live. It's a cracker of a story. Coming up in a minute, Johnny's gonna also be giving us some more hilarious pearls of wisdom from the male perspective. Yeah, yeah, we need to get the male perspective as well. This podcast is for everyone. It's not just for women, it's also for men. You can learn a thing or two as well. And it's not just for straight people, gay, bisexual, lesbian, all of the LGBTQ plus family are welcome in this podcast. And in fact our lovely studio producer Freddie belongs to the LGBTQ plus family as well of course as being an AMFAM. So the day that I'm going to tell you about in this episode I gave you a little teaser about it in the last episode and it is possibly one of the most extreme stories so far and, and I have to admit that Part of the reason that I even went on the date with him in the first place was because I knew it was going to be a really great story to tell you. Oh my goodness, the things I do for you. (laughs) Coming up, as well as the story of my outlandish date, we'll have a hilarious story from one of our listeners. And Johnny will be regaling us with the story of when he had to go for a medical procedure on his penis and was faced with a gorgeous female dermatologist. Here's a sneak peek.
1: The dermatologist is like this attractive blonde and me being the proud person I am, I'm like fuck they're gonna see my penis and they're gonna perform this medical, they're gonna slice it and cauterize it and everything. So because of how I am, i like, well, I want it to at least look good when they do this.
0: And he said, yeah, yeah, I do like to suck cock, but I like women as well, and I'm hypersexual, and I've got a great big penis. And he'd done like a porn photo shoot a few years before, and he'd sent me these. But he did have a big penis in these pictures, and he kind of he got a big erection in his pants and was kind of grinding on me a little bit and like saying how he really wanted to make love to me. So we matched on a dating site called OKCupid. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that one, it's not really like Tinder and Bumble where it's very disposable, quick left, right. You actually get a lot of information about the person so you can read up on them before you decide whether or not you're going to talk to them. So I'd read quite a lot about him and he seemed very interesting. And we matched and immediately he wanted to have a telephone conversation with me. And I thought, oh, it's a bit soon to have a telephone conversation. So we texted back and forth for quite a while. I don't know how long, two or three weeks or thereabouts. And then finally, we actually did have a conversation on the phone and he had one of these really deep voices. He was extremely masculine, macho, alpha male sounding. He had also had a really kind of masculine job repairing cables at great height. A very dangerous masculine, you've got to be really brave to do that job and he was really well built and uh really exuded that kind of primal masculinity that I think every woman sort of fantasizes about sometimes anyway he was desperate to meet me when can i see you you're the one for me i'm speaking to three other women but you're the one i want i was like you know what, if you're talking to three other women, what I want you to do is go on dates with those other three women, and when you've decided that they're not the, the ones for you, then come to me. It's like I didn't want to be in a competition with other women. And I actually thought that was a smart thing to say, but I actually really meant it. You know, that the, the worst thing about online one of the worst things about online dating is that whole competition factor. Like you're usually talking to a few other people, and they are too, and it's a kind of like a dance around, you know, like when when do you become boyfriend and girlfriend are you still seeing other people how long are you going to carry on seeing other people before you're exclusive etc so to avoid all that I just said you know what go on dates with these other three no 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 I want you you're the one you're the one you're the one I suspected he was just looking for a sugar mama really as in a woman to keep him because he'd recently lost his job and he was having real problems getting another one he was just really struggling on his arse and I think he just wanted a woman to scoop him up and take care of him he said look i'll be your slave i'll be a bitch i'll come and live with you i'll do all your housework please just take me in i'll give you everything that you want sexually
1: it's like if a puppy could talk yeah <laughs> a puppy.
0: Yeah. yeah and he was sweet like he, he wasn't a nasty guy i didn't dislike him but The other thing was he was really into hefty women he had this thing for like bit he said i prefer them when women when they're 300 pounds or more he said but it's okay you can always gain weight i can help you with that (laughs) that's feederism yeah yeah as you all know by now i'm not the skinniest of kittens in the land um I'm carrying a few extra pounds and the last thing that I want to do is date a man that wants me to gain weight and feed me. (laughs) Oh my goodness, no! I must admit, I was a little bit tempted by the free housework he was offering me though. (laughs) But it got even more bizarre. A few years before, he got a porn photographer to do a photo shoot with him in this kind of weird porn-type set. They were just stills photos, but he sent me about 50 different stills of himself in these weird and bizarre pornographic positions and started telling me all of the things that he wanted to do to me when we met. Like... Really extreme, extreme sexual stuff. And he said he was hypersexual and he promised that I was definitely going to enjoy it. Must admit, I was a little bit tempted. <laughs> and then, before we met, randomly one night, he sent me a photograph of himself in a pink dress and said, would it be OK if I called you daddy <laughs> You could have heard a pit. I mean, I, what'd you say to that? Was he joking? What was? I, I think this guy was serious. So of course, because I was doing this podcast, I'm so like, I am so gonna go and meet this man. This is going to be really interesting. <laughs> so the, look, this guy was different, and he was sweet. He seemed interesting, extremely intense. Um. But at this point, I just thought, I am going to just meet him for a coffee and I can come and tell you the story afterwards. So that's exactly what I decided to do. So we were meeting very close to his apartment in West Hollywood and like of course he was living in West Hollywood that's kind of like, for people who don't know Los Angeles, that's like the the kind of gay mecca of the city and he lived just around the corner from the Abbey bar where they have the go-go boys that dance in their pants and they have drag brunches sometimes at the weekend on Saturdays and Sundays, it's great fun round there, but it is kind of like the gay epicentre of of Los Angeles. Me and Freddie have been there a few times, and it's great fun. So here is me one Saturday afternoon on the way to the date. Days, all Hello. <laughs> oh, dear me. It's daytime. I'm on my way to meet somebody. And to be quite honest with you, I think possibly that if I was not doing this project, Probably wouldn't be meeting this guy because he's freaking weird. But he's so weird, he's really interesting and, and fascinating for me. And I'm just really curious to find out what this person actually looks like. Well, I know what he looks like, but like what he's really like in real life. He scares me, so I'm meeting him in a Starbucks in broad daylight. I won't be going to his house, I won't be going beyond Starbucks with him just because I'm super cautious about this one. It's like, I'm embarrassed to to say all the details because it's so extreme, really, for me anyway, at least. He is a pretty boy, 46 years old old for me. Um, Seems to be completely skint as well. I don't know, he's very attractive, but really extreme sexually all the things he's talked about. And he sent me a picture of himself wearing a dress and um, said he wanted to call me daddy. (laughs) What do you say to that? I mean, you know, I'm not into pretending to be a man with a man who's pretending to be a woman. It's just, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. Just wonder whether he was doing it to see how shockable I was. I don't know, I'm not very shockable really, but it doesn't mean it turns me on. But there's something about him, he's really intense. He wants to marry me, he wants, he wants to be in a female dominated household, he wants to be my slave, he wants to be my house husband, he wants to be really enmeshed in my life. Okay, I'm really sorry, I just have to interrupt there. Oh my goodness, I'm happy to say that that was actually six years ago, and I've got a few years of growth in me since that was recorded, but oh. All of those things that I'm talking about wanting to marry me before he's even met me, wanting to be enmeshed in my household. It's all the classic symptoms of love bombing, which is the hallmark of being a narcissist. Please, girls and boys, spot these red flags. If people want to marry you before they've even met you, if they want to be enmeshed in your household before they've even met you, run for the hills don't do what i did please learn from my mistakes and i know i was only really meeting him because i was doing the podcast but still oh my goodness pay attention to those love bombing red flags anyway back to the recording which you know it's it's kind of nice to hear that from somebody however fucked up it might sound uh, on the outside you know for me to hear that somebody wants to like be with me all the time. It's like, that's intoxicating, even if he's a fucking weirdo. Um, God, I can't believe I just said that. That's really, um, that's really sad, isn't it? Okay, sorry, I just had to interrupt again. Oh my God, yes, that is so sad. Clearly, I was just lonely and desperate for somebody to want me. And that's not, that's not the state of being that you should be in when you go online dating because you are so vulnerable to predators, predators of the emotional kind and predators of the physical kind as well. you got to fix yourself before you try and find somebody to do the fixing for you. You can tell I was not ready to go online dating at that point. I was in a really vulnerable position. At least I was kind of owning it. But I'm I've said this before, but I'm really squirming listening to this and I can't believe I'm actually sharing it with you, but here we go. Yeah, once again, I'm sharing the mistakes that I made so that you don't have to repeat them. Yeah, the mistake that I made in this case, hey, was meeting him in the first place, but that I was doing that so that you could have a good story. To be in a position where you're actually wanting somebody to complete your life is not a healthy place to be when you're looking for a mate. You have to complete your life yourself and be happy as a single person before you can be happy in a couple. That's the big lesson that I've learned over the past couple of years. You have to fix you and your own life and be really happy in yourself and be self-sufficient. Then you become attractive to people, but being desperate because you're lonely, it's not a good look. Anyway, let's get back to the recording. I came out with a real kind of whoa, deep confession there, didn't I? That perhaps I'm just craving somebody to really want me and desire me. And even if it's somebody that is absolutely imperfect and not right for me, it's still quite intoxicating for me. What a revelation that is. But I've just been thinking, actually, being single now is making me get out there and meet people. Not because I'm hoping I'll meet my boyfriend. It's It's just making me live my life in a more full and broad way, which, it's actually more pleasant than, I was talking the other night about being single and how when you're not single, it kind of makes you a bit lazy and you shut down a bit. And That's exactly what happens. So actually, right now, I'm kind of grateful that I'm single because I'm being forced out into the world and doing stuff that I wouldn't do if I was in a couple. And I'm not talking about meeting men on dates, generally, I'm just talking about pursuing other things. And I suppose the, the secret is is when you are in a relationship, to not stop doing those things and getting out of that. Obviously, you don't go out on dates with other people when you're in a relationship, but don't let it shut down your life and make your life more boring than it otherwise would have been. So that's a little lesson for today, for me at least. Anyway, I'm I'm okay with what I'm doing. This guy, actually, I spoke to him on the phone. He's a bit hot-headed, very super sensitive. In two miles, take exit 6B toward Melrose Avenue, Normandy Avenue. I think it's gonna be okay. I'm a little bit worried. Never been worried before on any of them. I will uh, let you know what's gonna happen. I'm not invested in this one like I was with the others. It's not like I have really high hopes at all. I don't have high hopes. I'm just hoping that I'll be safe with this one. I'm hoping he won't be too much of a freaking nutcase. In real life, I probably wouldn't have met this one. I think I might be only doing this because of the project and that bothers me a bit because I don't want the fact that I'm doing this project to interfere with the kind of choices that I would make naturally because that kind of corrupts the whole process. And I don't want to do that, so... Or maybe I'm just using that as an excuse to to make a, a kind of reckless decision. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just being really honest right now about how I feel about it all. I'm a bit anxious a little bit and I'll let you know. How it was. Have a lovely day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. See you later, bye. We met at Starbucks. He was late, so I'd already bought my own cup of tea, and it was really crowded in there, so I stood outside in the street with my cup of tea. And from in the distance I saw this like a bouncing lamb. Bouncing mincing across the street, even, yeah. and he had a he had a what they call those wife what they call those Peter fa- we call them vests in England but what do you call tank them top? Wife he a, yeah he had a tank top on and g je- tight jeans and this really long flouncy scarf, and he was literally like beaming in his face and fl- flouncing the scarf around his neck as he skipped across the the pelican pro the zebra the, What's it called? Wait, lights. He was coming across the street towards me. I was like, oh my god, this guy is obviously completely gay. And he was so camp and so like absolutely affected, but actually really sweet. And he, I think he had, well, I know he had no money. So he went in Starbucks and he got some of the free water that they have in there. And we went and sat on a park bench and we just talked on this park bench for about an hour and a half, just about life and everything. It was actually really sweet. I didn't fancy him at all. A, he stunk of garlic. And it was one thing that like, is guaranteed to put me out like the stench like not just and he said he ate he eats whole garlic cloves like for health at least you know and he's he not a vampire. empire yes <laughs> and he was so calm and he said yeah yeah i do like to suck cock but i like women as well and i'm hypersexual and i've got a great big penis and he'd done like a porn photo shoot a few years before and he'd sent me these but he did have a big penis in these pictures Um, But the thing is, if somebody's gay, I just think I don't fancy a man that fancies other men. Another thing about him was that he had a really macho, deep voice, but then when he laughed, he laughed like a girl, and he go... (laughs) It was like... It was almost like he had a dual personality. Like, he had this really macho facade on the one hand, but then these hyper-feminine bits on the other. Generally... I really like gay men, I get on really well with them, possibly because we have a lot in common, but I don't want to be sexual with them. It's purely platonic, and that's kind of how I felt about this guy. I just couldn't get past relating to him as a gay man, even though he claimed to be bisexual. But I did get have a really good rapport with him, but on a more of like a feminine level, really, rather than a, a boy-girl thing, if that makes sense. Like, I'm sorry, but if somebody's very effeminate, it's just not attractive. It's just the energy of it. Like, he, he I could tell that I'd be... Not that I was going to go out with him, but if I did, like, he'd be eyeing up all the guys in the room.
2: Yeah.
0: OK, so after we'd sat in the park uh, for about an hour and a half, we decided to go to Trader Joe's to a supermarket and buy some salads. So we trounced around Trader Joe's, and I remember thinking this is hilarious, I remember taking photographs which I still have of that day and you can see the look on my face like I am having really funny time here this is a blast actually, this is a really funny, another really funny life experience that I'll uh, kind of treasure for a long long time so we were walking out of Trader Joe's with our little salads and he said why don't you come back to my apartment and we can eat the salads up there and I looked at him and I thought I'm totally safe with this guy. I actually think it might be a good idea to actually do what he said and go up and eat the salads in his apartment. I don't know, maybe I was just curious, maybe I wanted to spend a bit more time with him. I'm not sure, but for some reason, I agreed to go up into his apartment with our little Trader Joe's salads. It was in an old building and was a few floors up. I think we walked all the way up there and he opened the door and it was literally... A room with a bed in it and a tiny little toilet area off it. And it was really kind of tiny and really depressing. There's a little fridge in the corner. And we sat on his bed because literally that was the only place to sit at. And he got quite emotional in the apartment, kind of telling me about how sad he was and how his life wasn't going very well and whatever. And I felt tremendous empathy for him. And I actually really, I thought he's really sweet and he's got a lot of issues going on. Anyway, we ate the salad and so he asked me to lie lie down on the bed with him for a cuddle. I was like, look, we're keeping our clothes on. I knew that I didn't want anything more than that to happen. And he kind of, he got a big erection in his pants and was kind of grinding on me a little bit and like saying how he really wanted to make love to me. And I'm like, oh, he's not strictly gay. (laughs) And, you know, whilst in that moment that didn't seem like such an outlandish idea, I just knew deep down that I didn't want to do that. And um, whilst, you know, on the surface it was quite tempting, I mean, the bulge was really quite enormous, <laughs> um, the smell of garlic was putting me off. Um, I just really didn't feel right, you know? Like, sometimes instinctively, it just doesn't feel right. And this was one of those occasions. I just didn't really feel like... I wanted to do anything more, and um, so I kind of made my excuses, said goodbye to him, said we'd keep in touch, and I left. Felt really sad leaving. Um, I felt like I'd really judged him earlier on in the day, and, you know, he's just another lost soul trying to find his way in the world. It made me wonder why there are so many lonely people in the world. Why does it have to be so difficult to find somebody that you're compatible with? There are so many people that are sad and want to find a partner, but it's so difficult to find somebody that's right for you. There seems to be so much unnecessary suffering, I guess. I don't know, it just really made me think. And this is me on the way home. It's now dark. It's actually ten past seven in the evening, so i just break it a bit suddenly there. Um, now I met him at like two o'clock and it's now seven, so we spent three, four, five, six, five hours together. I do not know where to start to describe the last five hours that I've just had, apart from going, oh, my goodness gracious me. Wow, oh, I'm kind of a bit speechless so i met him and i just thought oh he's gay he's obviously absolutely without any shred of a doubt gay frightfully camp overdeveloped muscles very skinny and small on the bottom pretty face and he looked really pleased to to see me and He was really sweet but did not deny that he's very bisexual i he was exactly like i was expecting him to be actually on the good side like i I believe i was worried because there was a bit of a fear in me because of the, the kind of volatility of his personality but he actually was on the much nicer side of what i was expecting but he but he was virtually identical to what i was expecting from the from the messages that we'd had back and forth and the... Oh, anyway, he has so little money, he didn't even have any food in his house, and I offered to buy him a sandwich, and he was so grateful. I wasn't gonna go into his apartment, but I decided that it was safe enough, and I said, we are not, there's no sex on the agenda, that is not what's gonna happen. And it got a bit, a little bit frisky, and I'm a bit... I, I, I really really liked him as a person I felt I felt tremendous empathy for him I think he has a really good heart I actually think he's very lonely and he doesn't have any money so he can't really go out much he was a lovely soul and I knew that I knew there was something inside him and I, th- I think I, I oh I I was quite attracted to him by the end um, but like on a bit of a spiritual level actually. I don't particularly fancy him per se. But I felt like he was he was demonstrating some sort of neediness for me. It's classic codependency stuff. The upshot of it all was, I'm really glad I went. It was really fascinating and interesting. And I said to him, I will never forget this day. And I will never forget my date with the gayest man in the world who also fancies women. Okay, see you later. So that wasn't the end of the story. The following day, I happened to be, purely by chance, watching a friend of mine singing at a church really close to where he lived. And I texted him saying I was round the corner and he said, Would you mind giving me a ride to the gym? I was like, Yeah, okay, sure. I'll pick you up in 15 minutes or however long it was. So I went and I picked him up outside his apartment and I drove him to the gym. (laughs) And all the way to the gym, he was talking about how excited he was because the men in the gym were so gorgeous and muscly. And it was like, Oh, they all really loved him there. And It kind of made me realise that I was right, really. (laughs) So that was all six years ago. We became friends on social media and we have kept in touch ever since. And later on in the episode, I'm going to tell you about an absolutely unexpected and shocking twist that happened to this story. Uh, But you have to keep listening because I'm going to make you wait so all in all it actually was a positive life-affirming experience even though there wasn't going to be any romance between us i absolutely have no regrets that i went to meet this other human being who actually had a lovely soul because dating doesn't just have to be about trying to find a partner dating's a really good way of expanding your horizons and meeting new people um and this is a really good example of that I did see that he, very soon after that, did actually move in with an older woman who had a nice house, and that seemed to last a while.
1: What is it about L.A. and guys who are just finding women to leech off of?
0: Because I think there are a lot of lonely women who uh, will yeah, take men I, in because they want the company. I was like, I, yeah, I don't, know. I don't uh, know. what Guys what they... are exploiting that. Yeah, and... but I'm sure it works the other way. So I'm sure there's a load of women looking for rich guys who will take them. Oh, possibly.
1: well, I mean, that's... There's no shortage of that. Yeah,
0: but it's kind of unusual. I think it's a new phenomenon. I think it's fuelled by online dating. I have found a lot of men who seem to be looking for a woman who will take care of them financially. Uh, and a lot of my friends, this annoys me actually, my friends jump to that, oh, well, if he's 20 years younger than you, then he's obviously just after your money. Not that I have any money, right. but like even women think that. Women have this program, well if he's younger than you, it's not It's not that he finds you attractive, it's that he's after your money, or wants you to take him in, or he's homeless, or he's got a mother complex. I get that all the time. But I actually think it's just friends that want to live vicariously. A lot happy. of people
1: in relationships are bored, especially in, in marriages. A lot of married couples live like roommates. Yeah. Um, and they're either together, for the kids or because it would be too financially messy to to split up or because they're just afraid to tell each other they're unhappy so a lot of my married friends like living vicariously and hearing about my exploits
0: right are you glad that you do what you do or is it a bit of a curse is it a bit of a burden for you or is it actually really good for being single no no like going out as you do seeing all these women as you do like is it not like a burden for you and like a pressure it Would get you like
1: repetitive i mean i wouldn't say it's a burden i'd just say it's fun but i mean it when you're single you have the freedom to disengage at will also so it's like no one's forcing me to go out i can yeah. do it at will but
0: do you ever take a, like a couple of weeks off Yeah, I mean,
1: times where I'm not swiping as much or where I get burnt out and I don't want to swipe. And I honestly, like, I meet people, but I spend a lot of time at home, not with anyone, because it's do I really want to get up and go out and meet this person and go through the bullshit formality of, you know, asking these questions and being asked these questions and spending money on them just to. Potentially get laid.
0: I like... just remember the story you told me. Which one? <laughs> a while ago, you had some like something. <laughs> you had an enforced break because you had didn't you have an operation on on your penis or something? Oh
1: yeah, Ever since I was little, I had like a little mole on like the bottom of. Like the base of my shaft. It was nothing, but it, cosmetically, I'm just like, well, that looks like it could be mistaken for something by someone who doesn't have a lot of experience and they'd freak out, and it was just like this clear little mole. And so I went to a dermatologist, and I got it sliced off.
0: Tell me what you did. because Oh, you... <laughs> this is bad.
1: Okay, so, of course, the dermatologist is like this attractive blonde and her assistant was an attractive brunette they could have been porno and here I am in this very <laughs> sterile clinical environment and me being the proud person I am I'm like Fuck, they're gonna see my penis and they're gonna perform this medical they're gonna slice it and cauterize it and everything so because of how i am i'm like well i want it to at least look good when they do this so when they left the room to get the equipment i started jacking off to try to get the blood down there because i wanted it to be primed and i wanted it to have a good like i i wasn't trying to get hard but i was trying to have it you know look like what i call a good urinal size, where it's like, <laughs> where you're feeling kind of chesty at the urinal, you'll step back, like, a few feet, and, like, you know, you're not the guy in the corner at the urinal with his back turned, and, it's like, meh, you're the guy guy's stepping back, like, Ugh, you know, like, like, I got good blood down in my dick right now, I was like, fucking I don't give a shit if anyone sees it, so, they leave the room, and I'm sitting there fluffing my dick, trying to get the blood down there, because... And my dick wasn't having it. If anything, it was crawling further up. And I mean, because the penis knows, the penis knew what I was trying to do, knowing that it was going to get sliced and it wasn't, it wasn't cooperating. So as soon as they walked back in, like I didn't really achieve anything and it was pathetic. And so I wanted them to at least exchange a look before the, the medical procedure happened.
0: So, on the subject of penises having their own mindset, Mm -hmm. you once wrote a movie about that whole concept. Do you want to just talk about that? Mm -hmm. It's
1: called Bad Johnson. It's about, it's like the movie Big with Tom Hanks, except, you know, instead of wishing he was big, he would wish that he didn't have a dick. So, it's about a womanizer (laughs) who he feels like he's incapable of settling down and that his dick has ruined a lot of serious romantic prospects for him because he's his eyes always wandering and so after his latest failed relationship he wishes he doesn't have a penis and it he wakes up one day and he's like a kendall down there he's dickless (laughs) and um he gets a phone call from a stranger on the phone claiming to be his penis and his penis (laughs) has he goes to pick his penis up in an alley and it's a, a Full blown human being, his penis has come to life as a person, and it's a dick in every sense of the word. And so, basically, it's kind of a metaphor for how a man and his penis are on, often at odds and conflicted, even if they are, you know, the brain is attached to the body, the dick is attached to the body. Um, so yeah, it came out in 2014 indie comedy it's still floating around out there it's not on netflix anymore or hulu but it was a fun little achievement
0: okay once more so the title if you want to watch it and you're in the u.s is bad johnson but if you're in the uk for some reason they've called it schlong story um do check it out it, it is a really lovely film and funny
1: this is my screenwriting achievement uh, they... no, no,
0: your first screenwriter. Well,
1: we'll see what happens. But uh, they they softened it up a little. It it was supposed to be darker and raunchier, and they they turned it a little rom commy. But you know that that's out of my hands. I loved that film. I'm glad you liked it. I liked I it too. It. But I, I, me being the person who wrote it, I know what it could have been, or certain lines could have been delivered in different ways. But uh, I I'm ultimately I'm happy with it.
0: Good. So how much of that was based on? yourself
1: that's what i call semi-autobiographic where it's it's a fair amount but i'm mostly it's based on what i think to be like a universal male experience where sometimes you feel like your dick is the one making bad decisions for you and while you do have agency over what you do you are more inclined with your penis whispering in your ear to do dumb shit like oh well, <laughs> I don't have a condom. She says I don't have to use a condom. Maybe I won't use a condom, or maybe I'll drive fucking forty miles away at four a.m. in the morning to go get laid, knowing I could just jack off and go to bed and not sacrifice the next day. But <laughs> it's um, it's how a guy, men tend to be at odds uh with what's good for them because their decks are corner shot <laughs> okay.
0: well i really enjoyed the film and i actually thought it was quite romantic at heart i thought it was yeah it, yeah that, was well if it was then
1: that really wasn't my thing
0: <laughs> no it was it had heart that's why i liked it it was really clever but underpinning it all was heart and i think that
1: yeah, it's, it's, I just wish they, they let me go a little harder there. They took it in, in a darker direction.
0: Okay. Back to my experience with Pink Dress Man. um What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to do by a woman? Like, I'm sure you've been asked to do all kinds of crazy things, but like, does anything stick in your mind particularly?
1: So I met this younger girl, 2021, 20, local to Las Vegas, where I'm living now, and she immediately started with the daddy stuff which i'm kind of over right now daddy used to be a very taboo term and um it was naughty when girls would go down that road and now it's just so commonplace like the second you are somewhat masculine or dominant towards a girl who's submissive or whatever she busts out the d word daddy and it's just it's been exhausted, like, I think people need to pull back, because it's played out. Anyway, she started with the daddy stuff, and I, you know, okay, all right, I'll play along, because, anyway, she, um, confessed to me, she's like, well, I have, um, a diaper fetish.
0: Oh, age 20. 20, young.
1: And she's telling me, she's confessing to me, which I, I like when people confess that stuff to me because it's intimate and it's filthy. And I'm glad they feel comfortable divulging that information to me. But she's like, I wonder, Daddy, could you take me diaper shopping? And <laughs> then could you uh, hold me in your arms while I wet myself and change me? <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you didn't do it. I didn't. I never met up with her after that because she got very. She started. Uh,
0: Are you sure that wasn't a catfish? That doesn't positive, sound like, Very
1: positive. That sounds because like- I, I found her on different social medias. I'll you. I have certain protocol for making sure someone's not a catfish. Um, I do my due diligence. I'll, I'll check their. I'll Google image search. I'll check their social media. What does Google
0: image search mean?
1: Reverse Google image search. You take the picture of them that you might suspect to be um, stolen stolen and run it through. And I mean, it doesn't always yield results, but more often than not, you know, if it's people, you you can find something. But I I usually trust my intuition. I had no red flags with her. It was just, she's just a young kind of odd girl. And I'm not kink shaming by any means, but it was kind of
0: a weird request. I've never heard of kink shaming.
1: But we didn't. got very i disengaged pretty quickly because we hadn't even met yet and she'd start just texting me non-stop throughout the day and i'll pull back on replying to see how they respond and the fact that she didn't even let up when i I stopped replying was a sign to me it's like well how's she gonna act when you actually fuck her? change her diaper how's she gonna (laughs) act when you change her diaper you know it's not gonna loosen up you know so we never met, she texted me for two weeks after when I didn't respond and finally she, she gave up.
0: Has anyone offered to be a slave?
1: <laughs> yeah, these young girls again with the daddy issues and all the daddy stuff. They want, uh, they have this idea of what it's like to be submissive through porn. They watch like a lot of kinky porn, gangbang porn, uh, BDSM, 50 Shades of Grey shit like that. Um, and they have this glamorous idea of like sexual slavery in their mind and i mean it could be kinky like but to me i don't want to slave because it seems like a lot of work to have <laughs> a slave. A
0: responsibility responsibility like that's a lot Never. of responsibility
1: i gotta be your master like i gotta check on you and make sure your collar's on your <laughs> butt plugs in like i don't want to have to do that that's a lot of work on my end
0: I wouldn't mind someone coming in giving me free house cleaning every day. That'd be pretty good. (laughs) Okay, that's almost the end of this episode, but I did promise that I would reveal to you the very unexpected and surprising twist to the story of the man in the pink dress who wanted to call me daddy-o. As I said earlier, we did keep in touch on social media. We message each other from time to time still to this day. He is now called Anita and he's transitioned and he's now a woman so he's actually a female friend of mine so I guess that's a happy ending for her I wasn't expecting that were you (laughs) anyway I wish her all the very best and um, we did say we'd meet up for a a girl's night out I've yet to do that but I actually will do that someday and maybe I'll tell you about it as well (laughs) Okay, it's time to have a little recap of the tips that we've learned in this episode. Number one. Don't automatically discount somebody if you think they might be interesting. Remember that going on dates isn't all about trying to find love. You might actually meet a really fun person. Number two. If somebody showers you with a massive amount of attention and tells you that they love you and they want to marry you before they've even met you, the chances are that they're after more from you than just a relationship. That is a massive red flag. So be very, very careful if someone's doing that to you. And number three, if someone doesn't reply to a text you sent, don't keep on bombarding them with more and more text. Nothing is more guaranteed to make them run for the hills. So just be patient, wait for a reply. I'm telling you, with all these tips, we're all going to be dating experts before very long. Okay, to all you lovely AM fans out there, please visit the website where you'll find lots of dating tips, our wonderful shop, links to our socials and details of course of how to send your stories in. You literally just have to record it into your phone and send it to us and if we use your contribution on the show, we're going to send you a really nice thank you gift. We really appreciate all of our AMFAM members and especially you. Okay, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We love the fact that you can hear us because that's what makes us giggle more. I can't really express sufficiently how much we appreciate you. Our numbers are going up every single day and uh, it's really exciting. We love getting all your feedback. Please keep sending your dating stories in. We will see you in the next episode. Can't wait to tell you the next... uh, Do you know what? The next story... I say this every time, but really, the next story... It's one of those that sounds like it's made up because it's so extreme and outlandish, but I promise you it isn't. So please listen to the next episode. (laughs) Oh, dear, they just get... They get more and more bizarre as time goes on, or maybe I just get more brave, I don't know. Anyway, also, Johnny's going to be telling you about a lucrative sideline that he once had when he found a guy who was willing to pay him for some very bizarre photos. And... um, One of them actually was even a step too far for Johnny. Here's a
1: sneak preview. To me, that's too much work. I'll just snap a picture of a bowel movement, but I'm not gonna fucking go to the UPS store with a fucking pair of underwear. Like that's that's too much.
0: So I sat in the driver's seat and he sat in the passenger seat. We chatted a bit more. I can't believe I'm even telling people this, this is terrible, I feel really bad. He then lay, oh this is so gross, he then lay on top of me, squashing all the food and tried to have sex with me. so that's all for this time if you've enjoyed this episode please give us a nice review subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends about us especially those who are single help us build this amazing community of AMFAMS that you're already a part of just by being here right now okay all I've got to do now is say thank you to Richard and to Freddie and to Johnny but most of all thank you to you for joining us we really appreciate you to the moon and beyond so Stay safe out there, especially if you're online dating. Lots and lots of love to you all. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Fab Team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Tietro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two Tees.
2: Glistening
0: Productions. (laughs) (laughs) So I dated a mortician once and obviously he had no problem whatsoever getting a stiffy.